You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. We are back on The Pipeline Show, and we're going to have another In the Dub segment with uh, breaking news here this week. Uh, big news out of Kelowna as uh, the Kelowna Rockets hosting the Memorial Cup have now gunned another coach, uh, Adam Foote, out. From the outside looking in, looks uh, a little chaotic. Of course, all of the uh, WHL segments here on The Pipeline Show brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on the Western Hockey League by bookmarking uh, dubnetwork.ca on your uh, browser, and you can subscribe and get your daily dose of the dub. My uh, guest today to speak about everything happening in Kelowna is Larry Fisher from the Hockey Writers. Uh, Larry, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Keith. No problem. Uh, from the outside looking in, it looks like chaos. Uh, from the, where you are in Kelowna, is the sky falling or is everything going to be okay? Well, you know, Bruce Hamilton's been as calm as he can be in, under this situation, but the fan base, the sky is falling. The, the fan base is panicking. And I think, you know, people asked, the question was asked to Bruce Hamilton uh, in the press conference whether this was a panic move. And then he kind of laughed it off and said, that's your opinion. And in my opinion, it wasn't a panic move, but it was very much a desperation move. The, the season's off the rails. Everything that could have went wrong for the Kelowna Rockets has gone wrong. Starting with Lassie Thompson going back to Finland, you know, you get an import draft pick, not reporting. You, the players you targeted uh, to put this team over the top, they're not living up to expectations. Uh, and then the injuries. I mean, uh, that's an excuse, that's whatever, but it is largely to blame for their lack of success lately. Uh, you're missing a, a bunch of key guys, starting with your captain and best goal scorer, Nolan Foote. So I think uh, it got to the point where Bruce Hamilton felt he had to do something. And as general manager, the trade deadline, you know, a month gone now, there's not much else you can do other than try and change up the voice in the room and make that coaching change. So I feel it was a, a desperation move more than a panic move, even though the fan base was very much panicking, very much turning on the coaching staff and, and trying to pressure this decision. But I think, you know, again, Bruce Hamilton's been around the game plenty long enough to, to tune out the outside noise. But deep down, I think he realized uh, it was now or never to make the coaching change. And the team is desperate for a, a new voice and just really a, a, sh- a shock, a jolt in the arm. And for me, I think uh, coaches get fired sometimes on their own. You know, it's a, they're, they're not coaching to their level that the general manager hoped, but also when you fire a coach, it kind of sends a message to the players because oftentimes it's the player's performance that gets the coach fired. And I think it's a bit of both here in Kelowna, but definitely a, a desperation move. And a, like I said, a very chaotic time here in Kelowna. Uh, what is this now? The fourth coach in the last five years, something like that, Brad Ralph, Jason Smith, uh, Adam Foote, and now it's uh, Chris Mallette. So a lot of coaches in a fairly short uh, time span. Uh, is this the right fit now? Is Chris Mallette, he's been on the bench for the last number of years. Um, if you're looking for a new voice, uh, do you go with somebody on the bench already? Well, again, I think you're you're past the three-quarter mark of the season. Yeah, There's only 14 games left. I think it would be impossible to bring in somebody from the outside who's going to try and implement a new system on they already got you know half the roster is new this season they're still trying to learn the Adam Foote system uh and then to bring in somebody from the outside and try and overhaul everything with 14 games left and you look at that schedule it's a daunting schedule it's 10 division games and and the other games aren't easy either you got Everett twice Seattle which is going to be a huge game uh two weeks from Next, not two Fridays from now, that's going to be a massive home home game for Kelowna, and and then you got Lethbridge the next night that same weekend. So besides that, it's all division games. It's 
I think it was just too tough to bring in a, another outside person who hasn't been around the team. And, and again, they've tried that twice now by going and getting the big name. Uh, maybe they didn't have the, the coaching experience in Jason Smith and Adam Foote, but they brought in big name NHL guys and it hasn't worked. And maybe the, the right guys been under Bruce Hamilton's nose all along in Chris Millette. He certainly paid his dues. This is his sixth season on the staff. And, and you know, he's a, a really respected guy that he's not a big name, so people don't know who Chris Millette is. But if you get to know him and you talk to him, uh, he comes off as a really sharp, sharp guy and, and very knowledgeable in the game of hockey. And I think uh, at the same time, he, he said it in his press conference, he's fun but fair. And he is maybe a, a little looser, a little more fun. And then you got to change that a bit from an assistant coach to a head coach. you got to take more command where you can be kind of the the fun guy as an assistant coach. But I think Chris Millett's got the right demeanor to step in. And in my opinion, he stepped up to the plate and hit it out of the park in his debut scrum. He said all the right things. And I mean, uh, he had as good of a day one as he could possibly have. And we'll see how he fares, but he's in a real tough spot just based on how difficult the schedule is. And the fact that you look at the standings, they're essentially locked into a wild card spot now, unless they go on some crazy run and win 12 of their last 14 games which nobody's expecting, especially injuries continue to linger forward. There's uncertainty with Nolan Foote. But unless they go on a big run to end the regular season, they're in a wild card spot. They're going to face either Kamloops or Portland in the first round. And uh, again, that's uh, you don't want to say they're going to get swept, but it's going to be hard to win a game in, those, in that matchup, let alone a series. So Chris Millett's got his work cut out for him. He's in a tough spot, but I do think he was the, the right man for the job under the situation circumstances with being more than three-quarters of the way through the season. Larry Fisher from the Hockey Writers, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, right in Kelowna, watching the Rockets uh, on a uh, nightly basis. Uh, you mentioned the roster and uh, how much turnover there was with the roster from last year's club, and it started with that big deal in the offseason with, with Seattle. And, and listen, I think everybody knew Kelowna was in that position. They had to make changes. They had to improve the roster. If they didn't, Boy, there really be a lot of criticism for not doing enough. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I wonder, because there were so many changes, does it take a while for team chemistry to, to come around and for things to start clicking? And, and again, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But is that kind of the a part of the problem, too, is just so many new faces having to still come together? That's definitely part of the problem. And, and again, you just get one guy back and you lose another guy to injuries. And not to continue you know, using the injury card as, as an excuse, but th- that is largely to blame is that, you know, even though we're in February and we're three past the three quarter mark of the season, the reason this was a bit of a surprising decision, uh, I mean, obviously you look at the results, it's, it's not a surprise when you look at the records since the trade deadline and everything else, but it was surprising because everybody felt that this still was a wait and see mode where uh, Bruce Hamilton wanted to see what Adam Foote could get out of a full roster when they had all hands on deck and they were healthy and, and Adam Foote never got that opportunity because of, you know, it just kept going further and further off the rails as far as struggling as well as Bruce Hamilton felt underachieving with the, the talent that he did bring in. So uh, in my opinion, and, and that's why I wasn't necessarily expecting this decision because I felt it was uh, uh, everybody was in wait and see mode. Let's see what this team can do when they have their entire roster on the ice and and that just hasn't happened uh, since Halloween. And obviously, going back to Halloween when Kyle Topping broke his ankle, they didn't have Matthew Wedman. They didn't have Connor McDonald and you know guys like Jonas Paterik and Tyson Feist that were brought in at the deadline. They made so many changes, and they just, like you said, they haven't had time to gel. And that's definitely been a factor in 
the way uh, this season has played out. And, and as I mentioned, it's kind of been one of those everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and, and that chemistry just hasn't been able to develop. According to this week's uh, uh, injury report from the WHL, uh, Sean Comrie's out week to week, Michael Farron out week to week, uh, Tyson Feist may be getting ready to come back, Liam Kindry out long term as well. What's the situation with Nolan Foote? Uh, I, I'm reading that uh, he, he came back but didn't finish the game against Calgary and is now out in New Jersey. Yeah, and he had just got back from Tampa Bay right before that game against Calgary or the week before, so I don't know exactly what the nature of the injury is, but obviously it happened at the World Juniors. And, uh, you know, he only played a, a period against Kamloops in, in his first game back from the World Juniors on, on the trade deadline day, January 10th, and, and wasn't, you know, obviously wasn't feeling good there. And he's been rehabbing it for, I guess you could say, over a month now, month and a half. And uh, obviously uh, he tried it again, and it's, it's not progressing in the direction they want. So this is a prized asset for New Jersey. They're going to, they just made a big blockbuster trade to get him from Tampa Bay, and they want to get eyes on him. and and, and get their own doctors looking and testing and, and and come to a decision. I mean, obviously, I think everybody knows the importance of the Memorial Cup and, and all the rest for Kelowna and how much they desperately need Nolan foot in their lineup. But at the same time, New Jersey's got to look to the future as well. And this is a guy that they just gave up uh, or they just acquired along with a first-round pick for a player who was, a, you know, maybe not the biggest name in Blake Coleman, but a, a key guy from their roster. And they want Nolan Foote to be that key guy going forward so you don't want to jeopardize his future beyond this season by making him continue to play through a you know if it is a potentially serious injury or something that's going to require surgery after the memorial cup and then he misses you know most of or half of next season new jersey might not want that they might not want that risk and uh perhaps he ends up getting shut down with some type of uh season ending surgery but the fact he was so close and had been given the green light to return i think uh the Memorial Cup's in May, right? So I think he's got a lot of time to rehab, and I would expect we see Nolan Foot uh, back on the ice. I don't think he's played his final game in a Rockets jersey, but there is a, a bit of concern over his health going forward and what the doctors decide coming out of New Jersey. Well, and I wonder if the silver lining in, in the situation right now for the Rockets, as you mentioned, it's Portland or Kamloops in the first round. They, The Rockets will definitely be underdogs in that series. Let's assume for uh, the moment that they uh, are eliminated in the first round. Well, then you've got a lot of time before the Memorial Cup, and the silver lining that I'm talking about is everybody gets to uh, work their way back to being 100% healthy. I think we saw that not that long ago with another host team uh, out of the WHL. Uh, but, I mean, in a situation like that, maybe maybe Nolan Foote doesn't play another regular season game, but he's back in 100% in time for the Memorial Cup, along with you know three or four other guys who are, are on the shelf right now. Yeah, that would be the hope to to get healthy. Well, the real hope is to to start winning some games and and you know pull an upset in the first round or certainly you know push hard. And it's not unprecedented, like you said, for the host team to lose in the first round of their league playoffs. It's happened uh, almost every second year lately. It seems it's happened a few times in the last decade, anyway. So that, uh, especially with the way the season's gone, it, it wouldn't be a huge surprise. And they certainly will be heavy underdogs whether they face Kamloops or. Portland but I do think you're right that uh all roads lead to May this year and everybody will forget how bad this season was and how many injuries they had and even if they get swept in the first round nobody will remember that if this team can get healthy and and the pieces Bruce Hamilton brought in all of a sudden everything clicks in May and they come out and win you know five games four games five games in, in a matter of 10 days and you're Memorial Cup champions and if if that happens you know Bruce Hamilton's a hero uh, Nolan Foot hopefully will be the hero, and 
and, and you know, nobody remembers the, the decisions that were made throughout this season and the struggles that they had. But uh, to get to that point, is it's almost hard to envision based on where they are today that yeah. it's such a, it's such a road ahead. And then, like I said, everything that has gone wrong or everything that could go wrong has gone wrong so far. And I, I just, it's hard to envision this team coming together. You know, I do think Chris Millette has been an underdog his whole career. I think he, uh, you know, wasn't a big name NHL guy. And I think he's the kind of underdog to rally the underdog team. And I think he will have an impact on this roster and, and, and perhaps get a little bit more out of certain guys and, and help push this team forward and take a step. But again, I look at that schedule. It's a really tough schedule to, to finish the regular season. And how do you get the confidence, the positivity and stuff going? Because if you lose 10 to 14 down the stretch and you get swept in the first round, even if you're fully healthy going in the Memorial Cup, that mental part of, and again, the, the online backlash, everything else going into that Memorial Cup under those circumstances is going to be, you know, Kelowna didn't deserve to host. Kelowna's going to embarrass the league, whatever they, people are saying. You know, it's going to be hard for the players to, to block that out and to actually believe in themselves that this full roster, even if they all get healthy for the Memorial Cup, can go in there as the underdog and, and come out as the champion. So it's a long road to get to there, and it's going to be a big mental hurdle. But that's why I say, first things first, you'd love to get a, a split or, or even a sweep in Victoria. Certainly you need to come out of there with one point this weekend, uh, even if it's a loser point. Uh, you got to get some positivity going, some momentum going, and build off that as players start coming back into the lineup and, and hopefully have as many back as possible for that first-round matchup. Speaking of the Memorial Cup and the, the hosting, uh, the the whole bid process, uh, uh, there was pretty lively discussion about that yesterday uh, on uh, Twitter, on social media. And, uh, you you made some good points, though. And, and it, listen, off the ice, I think the Memorial Cup is going to be a success for Kelowna. On the ice, as you just said, it's hard to imagine this team uh, uh, suddenly turning things around and, and being you know a, a contending team. And that said, when you've got Kamloops and Lethbridge, the uh, second best team in each conference, who are also bidding, how does this look for the the, the WHL? Is this a black eye? Do we need to re-examine how uh, we award the Memorial Cup, or is it all about business and it's going to be financially and off the ice successful in Kelowna? And that's what matters more. Yeah, whether it's a black eye for the WHL or the CHL, uh, they awarded the Memorial Cup back in not this past October but the previous October that's a long way out uh, you know at that time Kelowna was struggling they were just about to make the coaching change from Jason Smith to Adam Foot. but I think the league had a lot of confidence in in Bruce Hamilton to get the right pieces in place and and to be able to build this you know competitive if not contending roster and again I think I, I've said I keep saying everything that's gone wrong has gone wrong but nobody expected Kelowna to miss the playoffs last season Nobody expected Lassie Thompson to bail out and go back home to play pro in Finland when he had the opportunity to play for the Memorial Cup host team as a you know fairly high first-round NHL draft pick. Uh, so there's been things like that along the way that have really changed the complexion as to what it was the day that the Rockets were awarded the bid. And again, just if this team had barely any injuries or been healthy all season, you know Kyle Popping doesn't go down, Nolan Foot. Uh, Matthew Wedman's missed a month in there as well. He said Sean Comrie, another guy they brought in through the, the trade process. I, if this team had been healthy, I think they'd be right in that second, third range and, and contending for the BC division. So I think, uh, but at the same time, it is a, a bit of a black eye for, for whether it's the CHL or, or the WHL, just because 
they are underachieving and struggling so badly in the present that everybody's looking at this saying, how did you guys award Kelowna the Memorial Cup over Kamloops and Lethbridge, who have, you know, look at their rosters. They've mostly been healthy. Yeah, Lethbridge managed to play well while they had key guys away at the World Juniors, three of their top players. And, and Kamloops, though, didn't have anybody at the World Juniors, and they've basically been firing at all cylinders right since the preseason. So Kamloops is having one of those everything that could possibly go right has gone right, other than Dylan Grand, uh, their goaltender, is currently hurt. But for the most part, everything's gone right in Kamloops. Everything's gone wrong in Kelowna. And Westbridge has had a, you know, a steady season as well and mostly healthy season. So I think uh, it's easy to kick Kelowna when they're down. It's easy to, you know, black eye, whatever you want to say right now. But, you know, there's been a lot of circumstances that have changed what we see today versus what uh, Bruce Hamilton was expecting to see and certainly what he presented to the the group that decided on Kelowna getting the Memorial Cup. I'm going to put on my uh, tinfoil hat for a second and uh, go with a conspiracy theory. Somebody mentioned to me or, or hypothesized to me that uh, Kelowna got the bid this year sort of as a thank you and a send-off for Bruce Hamilton and that the Rockets will be sold this offseason. Do you get any sense that there's any validity to that at all? Well, certainly the, the sale, maybe not so much. I think Bruce Hamilton's had offers over the years. He's enjoying, he's always enjoyed what he's done. This has obviously been a stressful season, and maybe he is considering stepping aside after this season. I have heard, uh, I've even heard that some former Rockets, kind of like how Kamloops has their ownership group, I've heard some people may buy in uh, former NHL alumni, retired NHL players, whatever the case may uh help get in on this team ownership and Bruce may take a, a step back in, in some regards. But in my opinion, the first part of that is absolutely accurate. And I've been calling it a, a legacy event for Bruce Hamilton uh, right since it was awarded that I felt that uh, this was a favor to Bruce Hamilton, a thank you to Bruce Hamilton and, and all the years service, you know, 30 years he's put into the WHL and, and served repeatedly as chairman of the board. And, you know, he puts in a lot of time into a role like that. So yeah, I think he, in a lot of ways, he did deserve this as a, as a legacy event. And you really hope for his sake. I know a lot of people maybe are anti Kelowna from the outside looking in, but here in town, you know, people are, they want to rally around Bruce Hamilton too. And they would like to see Bruce Hamilton have that celebration or certainly at least a proud send off where his team, uh, doesn't go, get swept in the first round and loses all three games at the Memorial Cup and, and go out in that fashion. They want to see uh, you know the team rally and, and, and everything for Bruce Hamilton and, and have him go out, uh, if not on top, go out with his head held high, knowing that uh, he put the best product he could on the ice, and, and they were right there with the three league champions come the Memorial Cup. Uh, bottom line, we just want to see the WHL represented well by the champion and the host, uh, and uh, and that means the Rockets... Uh, have to perform better than they have here as of late, and hopefully that happens. Larry, great stuff. Uh, really appreciate uh, your uh, flexibility today, uh, scheduling this, and uh, w- with uh, the in-depth uh, opinions that you were able to share with us. Thanks for this, man. Yeah, thanks again, Geek, and uh, all the best down the stretch. It'll be interesting to see how this season plays out, but hopefully Clona can get it back on the rails, and uh, we'll see where we stand uh, come May, if, if not come uh, April when playoffs kick in. Okay, thanks, pal. Okay, thanks a lot. Larry Fisher from the Hockey Writers does a great job. I recommend you follow him on Twitter. Read his stuff. He does a lot of scouting stuff as well. Loves putting lists together, and they're always compelling lists. If you're an NHL fan, he's got a a list of uh, trade bait players out there. That was a fun little breeze 
to go through as well. Uh, interesting scenario, though, with the Kelowna Rockets. And uh, thanks to Larry for breaking the things down and uh, really explaining it, giving a, a good perspective uh, from uh, on site there about what's happening with the Kelowna Rockets. At the end there, I mentioned, and I have been told, or at least it's a, it's a theory at least, that uh, the Rockets were awarded the Memorial Cup this year as a, you know, a, kind of a send-off for Bruce Hamilton and that uh, the team will be sold this summer. But I don't know how legit that is or if that is just complete speculation and, and rumors. Um, but uh, Larry seemed to give it a, a little bit of credibility there. So we'll see. One more segment to go here on the, this week's episode. It'll be a 2020 draft spotlight my guest is Tucker Tynan, goaltender with the Niagara Ice Dogs, who suffered a r- really severe injury uh, in mid-December. You get an update on him on that and more next here on the Pipeline Show. Here's Perlini. Perlini loads it up and he scores! It's a hat Hey, it's Brendan Perlini from Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Talent, development, NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Ben Bishop. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! Andy Green. And Ryan Miller were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 